Last week, I started a new series, which is a, a three-part three part series, um, about kingdom economics, about kingdom um, economics, and you know, the essence of talking about this, where stuff would be good to talk about at any time, but one specific context is, is you know, the, the world is in a difficult economic situation right now, everyone agree, right? <laughs> Watch the news for more than five minutes. You know, there's kind of a lot of things have just gone kind of like uh, the world is just in chaos, isn't it? America's in chaos, and obviously, a momentous decision this week was made, which is a you know was a huge yeah, victory for Christians in in the states. But the country's incredibly divided. I, was, I saw one commentator in a newspaper who said they're worried about America could go into civil war, and they weren't even joking because it's so politically you know between left and right, and it's kind of nowhere in the middle. It's kind of like the hard left and the hard Right, if you can kind of put it in that way. And kind of like no one kind of in the centre ground, uh, kind of polit- politically. This kind of, you know, it's an incredibly divided country. In our own country, we're, you know, we're a lot divided. There's a lot going on in our own politics. And then obviously we've had COVID. What's going on, going on economically? Obviously a war in Europe. It's just, there's a lot going on, right? We, shouldn't be, we don't need to fear in any way. We don't need to worry about it. Um, you know, it's, again, they're all signs, signs of the times. And we've seen over the last uh, you know, decade, the last century, I would say, you know, to sign after sign after sign after sign that we're in, we're in the end in the end time. So, there's a lot going on economically right now in in, in Britain. This is true in many countries right across the world. Um, we're in what the government is calling a cost of living crisis. Um, you know, inflation is. I'm not going to spreading bad news this morning. <laughs> this is laying the ground for whatever, what's going on. You know, inflation is rocketing, and, and they say it's going to get kind of get worse before it get, or go higher before it gets starts going down again. And it could hit 11 percent this year. And you know, fuel prices are crazy and energy prices are crazy. It's just, it's just food prices keep going up. Um, you know, you just kind of watch the, you know, if you go like Tesco to the, to the, you get fuel there or whatever, you kind of just see, you can go up like several times in a week. Kind of, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it's nearly, nearly two pounds, or we've got a diesel car and a petrol car, so we've got one of each. Uh, diesel's nearly, nearly two pounds, but at Blackfield already is two pounds. Um, at Tesco, not far off. So it's like, it's just, it's, you know, it's gone up like 50% in the last, last, three, four months. Crazy. So there's a lot of kind of crazy stuff going on. But one, yeah, we never need to fear. Don't let fear get into your hearts. I've talked about this, talked about it all through COVID. Don't let fear get into your hearts. You know, we should, we should be people, yeah, the Bible says that we're not people of fear, we're people of a sound, of a sound mind. Amen. And if you need to switch the news off, <laughs> just, just do that. I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, if it's going to, you know, make you anxious in any way. But what I'll be talking about is, is, is kingdom economics, that we are part of a different kingdom. Now, the world does what it does, and it's got its own systems and processes and financial processes. And, and, you know, and the, Jesus said himself that we're in the world, but not of the world. So we are in the world. We're not just like you know, on a different, different planet. Um, we, are, we are in the world, and we're, we're, you know, we still have to deal with the same kind of economic systems. And we have, we have jobs, and God provides through jobs. And, um, you know, but we still have to deal with inflation and cost of things, and we have to pay bills and all this. Because of Christians, we can't just ignore all these things, right? We have responsibilities. But we're totally part of a different kingdom. And that's kind of the essence of what I've been talking about, is that, you know, we're, you know the world is in, in darkness, and the Bible describes it as a dominion, dominion of darkness. But as Christians, we've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Amen? The kingdom of the Son, uh, Son of his love. So we're completely part of a different, uh, a different kingdom. And because of that, there are so many benefits to being part of that kingdom. The Bible says that we've, been, we've, we've received, through the cross, every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
Amen. And we want everyone in this world to know that same spiritual blessing. Amen. We're not like we're just amazing because we have it. We've we just accepted the reality. We want everyone to know this. Amen. God wants everyone to know that. It's not his will that any should perish. Scripture makes, scripture makes clear. So God wants everyone to be part of his, of his kingdom. But we are part of a different, a different kingdom. So don't let fear get into your hearts. Amen. So what I talked about specifically about last week, I just want to do kind of a, a brief summary because there's some things that need to be said. Was, was specifically about, about tithing and, and the principle of tithing, but kind of started from the first place or the first principle that God, is, as Christians, God is our provider. Amen. Amen? That God is our provider. And, and I use the analogy of a hose and a tap. When you put a hose on a tap and you turn a tap on, the water comes out the end of the hose, hopefully. And that's, that's what a hose does, right? But using that analogy that that the source of the water is the tap. The hose is always just a conduit, right, getting from water from A to B. But so often, and we have to be very careful we don't do this as Christians, we, we can kind of look at, when it comes to things financially, almost be looking at the hose pipe, or we're looking at our job, what, what government support can I get, um, you know, what welfare can I get, and praise God we've got a great welfare, welfare state in this country, praise God for that. But, you know, and free health care and all those kind of other things that we're blessed in, blessed in so many ways. But, but the principle I was talking about is let's always make sure we're looking at the tap. Amen? The tap is the source of water. So let's kind of use that analogy. So God is the tap. So God will use different things to, to, to kind of bring provision to us. You know, whether it be jobs, whether it be a business that God's, you know, our own business that God's blessing. You know, whether that be help from government. And we've all had some help from government towards paying our energy bills and our council tax rebates. And there's going to be more coming in the autumn, apparently. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but allegedly, you know, and they're all great, great things, but God is our source. Amen. It's like I always encourage people to, when, if, you know, if, if they're going through a health situation and they go and see a doctor, I'd always encourage people to go and see a doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. We have a free health service. Why, why not use it, man? Um, you've got some of the best, best doctors in the world. Great. But, but, but what matters is where your faith is. Don't put your faith in doctors. Don't put your faith in surgeons. Don't put your faith in, don't put your faith in, in nurses. We've got people who work in the NHS. <laughs> Dissing what you do. Okay, but, but let's make sure our faith is in God. God, God will use them. God will use people, surgeons to do operations and all kind of other stuff. But let's make sure our faith is in the right place. That's, that's what ultimately is what matters. Amen. It's where is our faith? And it's, a, it's, a, and it's the same with an economic situation. It's where is our faith? There's different things the government will do and, and different things that um, provision in lots of different ways. But where is our faith? Amen. Let's put our faith in jobs, faith in our employers, faith in our business, faith in the government. Let's put our faith, make sure our faith is always in God. He is our source. He is our provider. Amen. So that's kind of the, the starting point. We talked about the print, there were kind of four points. The principle of tithing was the second one. What Jesus talked about, give to God. What is God's about the first tenth, the first fruits? The, the tenth is God's. It's not, it's not giving to God. It is God's. Uh, in fact, Malachi 3 makes it clear that if, we, if God doesn't get the tenth, we're actually stealing. And that's blunt. But, I mean, that's literally what Scripture says. We talked about the joy of tithing. It should be a joyous thing. It should be an onerous thing. It should be something that we begrudge, that, that we should love tithing because we love God. Now, as Christians, if we say that we love God, and we should say that we love God, but, you know, but love is a doing word. If we, if we love God, then we should, we should love God and we should love the principles of God. Amen? We should love the king and the principles of his kingdom. And it's Matthew 6, 33 makes that clear. Seek first the king. Seek first the kingdom. And it kind of my kind of... I'm not like, making up my own scriptures here. <laughs> my kind of like, para, paraphrase of that, I suppose, would be like, seek first the kingdom, king, king, which is Jesus. Seek first the king and the principles of his kingdom. Yeah. Amen? 
And if we say we love God, that, that's going to mean loving what he loves. Amen? Everyone agree? Right? That means loving people because God loves people. So we should love tithing because we love God. Because we're doing it in obedience to him. Amen? And we talked about and the test of tithing, which talks about Malachi 3, test of our priorities. Malachi actually says that we should test God in it. Testing is not used in any other part of the Bible other than saying we shouldn't do it. But in Malachi 3, it says we actually should test God in it. Test his provision. And, and it talks about God's blessing, as we tithe, God's blessing and protection over the remaining 90%, how, how he protects it. And, you know, we need that more than ever. Amen? So just before I kind of get into today's message, and I know time's gone because... We had a long time praise and worship, which was awesome. And we needed to just go with what the Holy Spirit was doing. Absolutely. Just, to, just very quickly, just some practical ways, just in case you don't know these things or just need to reiterate or if you're newer to the church, just the kind of practical ways um, you can tithe. So firstly, you can give through the Family Church app. Put your hand up if you've got the Family Church app. So there's a few people who haven't got the app. So if you go to Church Center, if you find it on, you can get it through Google Play or the, or the Apple App Store. Um, so if you go to Church Centre, look for Family Church, and you can download the app there, and it's got all the different events in all the congregations, but if you look for all our congregations that are listed there, okay, it's a, it's a whole church app. But you can find all the waterside stuff, and you can give, um, give through that as well um, via card. If you wish to do that, you can give um, via online banking. We're trying to be a modern church and give you plenty of options, <laughs> different things that you can do. Um, I don't know whether it's is it possible to put the giving... I didn't ask you to do this, Dan, but is it possible that giving went up, the one that has a sort code and account number on it? That's the one. If you can, pause, can you pause it on that? Is that possible? So if you want to, and lots of people across the church do this, probably about 80% of all the giving across family, not just here, across all the congregations is probably done directly into the bank account. Um, so you, that's the sort code and, and, and account number. Then you give in that way. You can set up a regular standing order if you want, wish to do that. So you can either do that through your bank branch, just give them those details, or you can just do that through online banking, which, of course, a lot of us are using these days. Um, and it's really easy to do that. Or, of course, you can also give during Sunday meetings, as we did earlier when the buckets went round. We, we have these giving envelopes. Um, you can give by cash or check or even by card. You can write your card details. And on there, obviously, all card details get destroyed afterwards. By law, we have to do that by law. So we make sure that happens once it's been processed, obviously. Obviously, um, so you can give in that way as well. So there's lots of different ways you can give, and you can do give however, however, however you want, and how to however as God, God, God leads. There's kind of no preference on these things, but yeah. But let's let's be tithing, amen. Let's be giving of our first fruits. Just one other practical thing to mention is about gift aid, because like all churches, we're a charity. Um, you know, and regulated by the Charity uh, Commission, which doesn't mean they regulate what we do as a church, but it just means they regulate they regulate our financial side, I suppose I would say. But obviously, as a church, we can do whatever we like, as God leads. Um, but anyway, so, um, so we are, are a charity, and because of that, if you're a taxpayer, when you give to a charity, I'm sure many of you will know this, then um, you're basically the tax on your donation can be claimed back. So what that means, so, say you give £100, then to the charity, it's worth 125 They can claim back the 25 which is the tax you would have paid on that original, on that original donation. Okay, so um, if you're a taxpayer, then you're able to do that. Then you can just fill in a little bit on the right, uh, left-hand side on the envelope. Um, you only need to do it once. Um, yeah, and then we can claim your tax back. But we can't do it without your permission. Okay, we have to have your permission because that's kind of how it just, how it just works legally. Okay, so if you've never ever done that and you are a taxpayer, then please do that. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't commit you to anything. All it means is a charity. We can claim a tax back. So it makes sense. Okay. Great. So there's different practical ways that you can give and, and tithe.
Okay, so that's kind of like almost like closing off last week. Okay, but what I'm talking about today, as we continue to talk about kingdom economics, is to, is to talk specifically about sowing. About sowing. Now, the, the principle of sowing and reaping is a is an eternal principle. I believe. I believe that's what Scripture teaches. It's an, it's an eternal principle. You know, we can also, as well as tithing, which is a form of sowing, but also we can sow on top of that in, in, as, as, as God leads. So it is an eternal principle or, or seed time and harvest. You know, I believe there's so many things in creation that God created, they're a reflection of spiritual realities. And one of those would be seed time and harvest. In, in Genesis 8, verse 20 to 22, this is just after the flood has taken place, um, and, you know, Noah and his family have come out of that with all the animals that they were told to take on the ark, etc. Genesis eight twenty to 22, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. You've got to feel for those animals, haven't you? They probably thought, we're the ones that have been rescued. <laughs> as soon as the 40 days are over, then they got sacrificed. Oh, well. That's, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, it made me laugh. I just thought about that. Anyway, the Lord smelled, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, "Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood." And obviously, we know, obviously Jesus dealt with that. Ultimately, dealt with the sinful nature. But obviously, that's going to come thousands of years later. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as verse twenty-two, as long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter. Day and night, just like a day in Britain, isn't it? Those <laughs> cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. You can have all those in one day, can't you? Depends on which way the wind's blowing. Anyway, um, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never see. So it's just an eternal principle of seed time and harvest. I think it's one of the most amazing things about God's creation is seed time and harvest. It just, it just blows my mind. I don't know about anybody else, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I just think about these things. You know, the principle, if you get, to get a seed... And you plant it in some fertile soil or half-decent soil, and then it gets enough water that it needs, and if it gets enough sunshine that it, that it needs, then it will start growing. I think it's just amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it, just, just, it just does. You know, and, and, and the, you know, DNA, just like all living beings, it's all living beings, all living creatures, all, all living just things, trees, whatever, um, you know, it's got DNA, and the DNA starts to reproduce itself, and uh, cells start to reproduce themselves, and it, and it starts starts to grow, and eventually produces a harvest. You think about, an, I think, an acorn, an oak tree. It just blows my mind. You see these oak trees, and the, you know, these huge oak trees we have out, out in the forest, some are hundreds of years old, and they all start with this tiny little acorn, hundreds of years ago, and the life that was contained in an acorn. It's, it just blows my mind <laughs> the way God set up creation. But I believe that so much of this stuff, it just is reflecting a spiritual point about seed time and harvest, about sowing, sowing and reaping. Amen? So in this context of what we're talking about, kingdom economics, is I believe that we can sow financially and reap financially. Now, although tithing, of course, is a form of sowing, then tithing itself is a command, as we talked about last week. The tenth, it literally it belongs to God. Give to, as Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's government, what's the government's, and give to God what is God's. 10% is God's. But I believe we can also sow above our tithe, which often in church we'd call it offerings, wouldn't we? Call them tithes and offerings. This is where we give above our tithe. There's different things that we can sow into, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, the practicalities of that. You know, but God wants you to sow and to reap. Now, I don't believe we should give selfishly, absolutely, because selfish, you know, selfishness is not a Christian characteristic, right? 
But does God want us to reap? Absolutely. And scripture makes this clear over and over again. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 8. We mentioned this last week in the context of tithing. But Paul says this, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he's clearly talking about money here. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we love to give. We love to tithe because that's what God loves, because we love God. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen. So God loves a cheerful giver. But Paul's making it very, very clear here. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And also who, who sows sparingly, basically stingy, then, then will reap, reap sparingly. It couldn't be, scripture couldn't be any, any clearer on that. And I believe as a, as a Christian, you know, that we should have a generous spirit in every context of that. You know, being generous reflects the character of God. He is a generous God, everyone agree? He's a generous God. We've talked about loads this morning about how generous God is and how he's blessed us, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Matthew 7, verse 9 to 11, Jesus said this. Which of you, if you're, to illustrate just the character of God, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, and Jesus wasn't labeling everyone evil here, but obviously in comparison to God, it's saying... If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? As we understand that, if you're, if you're a parent or whether well, you're not a parent, we still understand the principle that how parents love to bless their kids, right? We don't, want, we don't want to spoil them, absolutely, that's true as well. But we love blessing our kids, amen? So most of what Jesus is, is making the principle, if we understand that as natural parents, how much more is, is that true about God, Amen? He's a a generous, generous God. And if God has a generous heart towards us, how can we not be generous, generous people? Amen? Now, obviously, there's different contexts to that. One one could be that we should be people, as Christians, we should be people who are generous with our words. Amen? We should be people who encourage others. Pastor uh, Pastor Sean, who's soon going to be taking over the Portsmouth congregation, some of you may know him, Pastor Sean Finch, he he says that if you've got nothing, I had one of his recent messages, he said, basically, if you've got nothing good to say, just go and speak to the wall. If you've got nothing good to say to someone, just go go and talk to a wall, but don't talk to a person about it. If you've got nothing good to say, just go and talk to yourself, talk to a wall, talk to somebody else. Uh, Don't talk to somebody else, sorry. Let's be people who are generous with our words, always encouraging Always loving. Whatever context that is, whether marriage, your friendship, your, your, your children, your parents, your siblings, whatever that, whatever that may be. Let's be generous with our words. If you've got nothing good to say, just don't, why even say it, right? Let's be real about this stuff. Let's be generous, uh, generous with our words. Let's be people who are generous with our time, but always have time for others. Again, lots of different contexts of this. Marriage, be generous with our time. Do the washing up. I've, I've done a dishwasher every single day. Can I just point this out? And that is actually, that is true. I'm not showing off, it is true. But, but to me, <laughs> I'm showing off. I don't know anything else. No, no, I'm joking. No, but to me, I'm just using that as an example, not to say how great I am as a husband, because Wendy will give you a list of things I don't do, probably. But to me, that's an example of being generous with my time. It does take a while, actually, to sort the kitchen out. It looks like a bomb site. After the kids and the kids will leave stuff all, no, neither of them here are they, both out in youth house. So I like, <laughs> they, leave, <laughs> they leave stuff all around the house. It's like sweet wrappers, water bottles, stuff literally everywhere. It's like, like bombs, like the kitchen's just, yeah, it's crazy. It takes a while to sort it all out. Anyway, 
let's be people who are generous with our time. You know, whether it be in a marriage context, again, a friendship context, whatever it may be. And just with helping, with, just with helping others in church, let's be generous with our time. And men that serve, let's get on team. And I know loads, tons of you do, so I'm kind of preaching to convert it on that one. Amen. So let's be generous with our words, but generous with our time. But less, you know, and they're kind of oh, different messages in themselves. But in the context of what we're talking about, let's be people who are generous with our finances. And, and we're not talking about tithing here. Tithing is a command from God. It is God's. Amen. What we're talking about is, is, is giving on top of that as God leads. Let's be people who have a generous spirit. Amen. Proverbs 11, verse 24 to 25. You know, Proverbs, the great book of wisdom that King Solomon wrote. It says this. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Right? A generous person will prosper. It says, so using the same, the same scripture in the Amplified, says this. Have we got the Amplified on the screen? Oh, there we go. Awesome. Uh, there is the one who generously scatters abroad, and yet increases all the more. And there is the one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. Couldn't be much clearer, right? So it's just talking about that. Do we have a generous spirit yeah, with our words, with our time, but also with our finances? Amen? Because I believe that we should be generous and that reflects the character of God. He's a generous God. We should be generous people. And it says, makes it clear here that generous people will be prospered, prosperous, and rich, I'm not saying it's just about financially prosperous, but that may be a context of it, but just, just in every sense, because it pleases God's heart. Amen? As the Amplified says, a generous person will be watered, reaping the generosity they have shown. You know, as I said, I don't believe we should give selfishly, but I, it's not wrong to expect the blessings that, that God promises. Amen? That's not wrong in any way. I said for myself and, and Wendy as a family, we want every blessing that God has for us. I don't, feel, I don't feel bad about saying that either. Okay? I'm not being selfish in that in any way. I, but every blessing that God wants for me, I, I don't want to miss out on it. Amen? Praise God. So we don't sow selfishly to reap. We sow because it's the right thing to do. And it's a reflection of God's character in us. But the reality is we will be blessed in many different ways by God for our generosity because it reflects his character. Amen? So let's sow because it's the right thing to do. It's a reflection of God's character, but God will bless us. And we've seen from the two Corinthians and from Proverbs there how, how clear Scripture is on that. Amen? Let's never be, let's never be sting. I'm not aiming this at anyone because I, I don't know. Everything you do with your finances, clearly, I don't know. But let's never be stingy. I'm serious. Let's never be stingy. Let's never be stingy people. Amen? With, again, with our words, with our time, but also with our, with our finances. Amen? Let's reflect the character of God in, in all that we are. So, I know time's going incredibly quick today. My wife did talk for a while. So, no, it was all, it was, <laughs> but I'm genuinely generous with my words. It was awesome. <laughs> and it, was, it really was awesome. It was great. What God was doing. <laughs> anyway. But let's, let's talk about sowing. What does that actually look like practically? What does that actually mean? Well... I believe on this that we should be listening to the voice of God on this. We should be praying about this. And we're not talking about tithing here. You don't need to pray about whether you should tithe or not. I'm serious. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that's a blunt, I know it's a blunt statement. But because, remember, because it's God's. I'm not judging anyone. I remember we talked last week about if you're not in a position where you can, can give a tenth of your income, um, that just practically wouldn't be possible. Start with a percentage. 
and, and pray about it and ask God to help you get to a place where you can start with half a percent if you need to, one percent, whatever. But, but work, work towards that place. I mean, so I'm not judging anyone, condemning. If you go away and condemn this morning, you've missed the point of my message, right? I'm not condemning anybody or anything. And there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, as Romans 8 says. Amen? But let's be generous. And what is God asking you to sow? So are we listening to the voice of God in this? I believe we need to pray about this and think about stuff. And what, God, what offerings do you want me to give? Where do you want me to sow? And what, where do you want me to reap? In what ways do you want me to reap? But let's be people who listen to the voice of God and, and live obedient to the voice of God. I encourage you to pray about what, is, what might he be asking you to sow? How, how could you potentially bless others? How can you be generous with your finances? What, what else can you do? So... Here's just kind of some real, just, just practical examples, okay? Because you may be thinking, well, what does this actually look like? Here, this could be a church context, but there are lots of different contexts, and I'll talk about the other contexts in a second. Okay, a church context could be, I'm not telling you to do this, okay, but I believe it could be a context. That God could be telling you to give over and above the tithe to the church. It could be. Yeah. Telling you to do that. I'm not going to check <laughs> what happens, okay? But he could be telling you to do that in obedience, obedience to him. Amen. We have things like, like every year we have an annual vision offering and we'll do that again and it'll be around October, October this year where we sow into the vision, vision of the church uh, for all different, all different things, um, youth and kids and community and all sorts of different things that we sow into. That's an example of a place where, where we have an opportunity to sow in a church context. So we're doing that again in the autumn. Or maybe giving to missions. Remember a few weeks ago when we did our, um, we did our International Sunday so we called it Global Sunday, wasn't it? Global Sunday, we called it. And we did our Global Sunday a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago. Do you remember we had people up front from different countries and, and, and talking, about the, talking about the kingdom of God and talking about what heaven looks like in there and reading scriptures in their own languages. It was, it was awesome. It was great. But we had a, we had a video on that, that Sunday about different missionaries we support as Family Church. And, you know, you can give towards missions. What a, what a, what a great thing to give into. You know, these people are, are, are literally ch- are changing changing the world and, and, a little, and a little bit of money can go a long long way in many, in many countries amen so there's different things you can give to and obviously it doesn't have to be family church missionaries give to other missionaries that you, you know of or aware of or as, as God leads okay but that would just be a church context okay you could give over and above the tithe regularly you can sow into special offerings we take off like the vision offering or, or give to, to missionaries that family church supports but I believe there's other, there's other that would just be a church context and if God's leading you to do those things then, 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 and do them. If you want to give towards missions, it's all the same bank details. Okay, just reference it for missions. If you want to do it in that way. But here are kind of some other, offering, other examples. I just want to read from 1 John 3, verse 16 to 18. It says this, not, not John 3, 16. 1 John 3, 16. It says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we also, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is, is a hard-hitting verse. Is, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's a, state, that's a question and a half, isn't it? It is. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. So here John is, is making it clear again about how generosity is a reflection of the character character of God, that we should be people who, who love, we love with action, that love, love is a doing word, amen, love, love is a verb, it, it, it's a doing word, it's, a, it's one of those kind of, you know, throwaway words, it's so easy to say we love something or someone, um, 
but is that actually a practical, what does that actually look like in reality? An example of that, often used marriage analogies, would be you know, someone who says they, a husband who says they love their wife, but they treat them really badly. Well, I think I'm going to have to beg to differ on whether you love your wife. I'm serious. That would be my pastoral observation on the situation, because like we, well, we certainly have a very different definition. <laughs> we certainly have a very different definition of what love is, right? Because love is a verb, amen? Yeah. You know, talk is cheap. Anyone would just say, well, I, I, I love you. But what does it actually look like in reality? So this is, what, this is what John is saying here. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And of course, Jesus talked about the importance of loving our neighbor as ourselves. So what John is saying here is about do we, do we see other people's needs? You know, in this world that is just incredibly, incredibly needy and incredibly economically needy, and even in our own country, which is you know, the sixth richest country in the world, you know, the second largest economy in Europe, you know, the fourth largest defense spend budget in the world. You know what I mean? We've, you know, obviously did have the largest empire the world's ever seen. You know what I mean? That's the context of where, where Britain is. I know some of the stuff for the empire was terrible. Okay, some glorifying the empire. Some of it was terrible. Some of the stuff that happened. But what I'm just saying, that's the position that Britain is in. But even in a country like ours, there are people in incredible, incredible economic need, aren't there? That's the reality. And maybe that's your own, maybe that's your own situation. So do we see other people's needs? Because I believe that we can be a real blessing as a people of God. That we can bless others with our finances, whether they be friends or family or neighbors, people out in your community. Amen? Here, here could be some practical examples. You kind of think, well, what does that actually look like? What, how would I even do that? Here's, here's some great examples. Waterside Food Bank is an, is an incredible organization. I love Waterside Food Bank. I love what they do. The lady who started it, uh, Jan Hater, is a great lady. She's a great Christian lady. And some of you may know her. Um, I think she's recently stepped down just, um, and has well, kind of retired from the role. But it was established by Christians. It's supported by all the churches. And it's a great thing. If you want to give to you can give to it in Tesco's. They do collections in, in Tesco's in Dibden, which is the supermarket I guess most people use in the Waterside. It's kind of our only big supermarket, isn't it? Um, so you, you can give there. You can donate, donate financially. Go to their website. Just Google it. But that's a great way of blessing others. They do bless people all across, all, all across the Waterside. Um, and loads of different ways with emergency food. There's a Waterside Homeless Project. I don't know if you all know about that. Um, I'm actually involved, uh, involved in that. It's called The Crossings. Anyone heard of The Crossings? A few people. So I'm actually going on the 17th of July. So what's that? I don't know, three weeks' time? Is it? Yeah, three weeks' time. And the guy who, who, um, the guy who oversees The Crossings, who basically runs it, he's in an employed role in it. He's going to be here doing like a showcase for The Crossings. That's going to be awesome. So that's on the 17th of July. He's, he's a great great Christian guy. So again, it was started by churches, supported by Waterside Churches together, and, and it's all about helping people who are homeless in the Waterside. Now, I know we don't have lots of overt homelessness in the Waterside, that's true. Um, you know, you're not going to see tons of people begging on the streets, it's very different to say Southampton, Southampton would be, but trust me, there, are, there is plenty of homelessness in this, in this era, there's plenty of people who don't know how to fill in the benefits forms. It's, all the benefits forms are now on, online, and you can see why it's gone in that direction, but some of them have never used a computer in their lives. They have no access to in, the internet. Some of them live in tents out on the forest. Um, so there's kind of all sorts of stuff that goes on. It's kind of like under the surface. Some people live in vans, and you might have seen them around different parts of the water side. Some people live in vans in a different, different context. So there is a, there's a whole real need. So there, there's a great thing you could give towards. That's why I'm saying all this. But like I said, they'll be in three weeks' time to really talk about it. There's other things that we could do. So you could, in our local community, give things like Waterside Food Bank, give to crossings, or just give us God leads. You see somebody in need, why, why not bless them? 
Amen? As, as God leads. Amen? There's another great thing that we can do is, is, is sponsor children in deprived parts of the world. One of the best, we, we do, this, we'll do this ourselves, but one of the best organizations is Compassion. They are fantastic. Assemblies have got a lot, a lot of connections with Compassion. One of the guys heavily involved in it is, is an AOG minister. Um, Compassion is fantastic. But there are loads of other good ones as well. Okay, I'm not saying it's the only good one. Okay. But things like sponsoring children, you can literally change children's lives. It's always great when we get a letter from, I can't remember the name of the Mahala, isn't it? Um, in Africa. What country in Africa? Sorry, I should, know, I should know more info than this, shouldn't I? I can't remember off the top of our heads. But anyway, but it's great getting a letter from her about how just, just God's blessing her in her schooling and how she's growing it and developing it. It's just, it's just, you just, it's just great just to be able to sow in, in that way. So there's another thing you could do. Sponsor, sponsor children. Or even just, just giving to charity is, is a great thing to do. It's a great way of sowing, and there's some great Christian charities. Tear Fund is another one, very, very Christian-based. Dig wells all kind of all around the world, and make sure people get clean water and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. So, there's a, so I'm not telling you what to do here. I'm just giving you examples here, context of you, you could do it. But let's be people who are generous. Amen. Yeah. That we tithe because we understand the command. So that's kind of like a no-brainer. That, that, that's that's what we do. The tithe, the tithe is God's. If you can't tithe ten percent, start with a percentage. Don't just do it kind of ad hoc. Well, I've got five pounds in my wallet. That'll do. You know, be intentional about it. That's what I encourage you to do. Amen. And, and start with a percentage. Pray about it. Think about it. Talk to us about it if you're not sure what to do. Okay. And I, and I really believe that God will help you to grow in that until you get to a place where, where you can give the full 10%. Amen. So that's kind of like, that's just that's kind of like a done deal. But let's be people on top of that who are also generous. Generous in spirit, generous with our time, generous with our words, but generous with our finances. And, and God promises, although we don't give selfishly, God promises that we will reap a harvest in so many different ways, including in our finances, I believe, but in so many different ways. Amen? And let's be people who recognize need in others. There's never be people that turn, you know, kind of, um, you know, just, just turn away. You think about this, this, the story of the, well, Jesus was obviously a great storyteller, um, you know, and talking about the, the Good Samaritan and what the Good Samaritan, Good Samaritan did. And, and I'm sure you know the context of the, I've got the scriptures on the screen, but how Jews, at that time, Jews and Samaritans, they, they hated each other, for want of a better word. I mean, they really did. Um, there was that time, wasn't there, where Jesus speaks to a woman at the well. She was a Samaritan woman, and the disciples came and were like, what, <laughs> what are you doing, Jesus? Why, one, why are you talking to a woman? It was almost like something that shouldn't happen. And, like, well, and you're talking to a Samaritan woman. That's like even weirder. <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? Yeah, because so, yeah, that was the context that they kind of lived in at the time. So Jesus told that story, didn't he? You know, about the this Samaritan guy gets, um, sorry, a Jewish guy gets beaten up, and a, and a priest goes by, and um, another religious leader goes by, and they just kind of walk by on the other side. But it's actually a Samaritan person who has empathy and compassion on the man. And Jesus asked a great question: Who is who has been the good neighbour here? To illustrate the point about loving loving your neighbour as yourself. So. Well, my point is, is, let's never walk past need. If we see need and God's, God's leading you uh, to give towards that need, let's, let's be people who are generous. Amen? Let's see need to something about it. It's, it's a, 1 John three seventeen says, if anyone has material possessions, so if you're in a position to do this, if you're not in a position to do this, again, don't feel guilty about it. Okay? But if anyone has material possessions, this is what John's saying here, and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You know, empathy and compassion, and they're reflections, again, of the character of God, aren't they? Over and over again, you see Jesus, he'd be off praying, praying to his father. And, 
you know, for want of a better word, the people would almost like come and annoy him because <laughs> they wanted to be healed or they wanted to be restored. And Jesus was kind of off praying somewhere. And it says every time, over and over again, it says Jesus was moved with compassion. He, he was prepared to be inconvenienced. He was in the middle of doing something, but it's like, no, these people, they need me right now. I need to do what I need to do. That's, that's what compassion does. I mean, it moves you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So time, time is gone. But just to summarize this. God is our source. God is our provider. Let's understand the principle of sowing and reaping is an, is an eternal principle. That, that God's creation is a reflection of a, of a spiritual reality of what happens when we sow and, and reap with a natural plant or a, or a tree or an oak tree or whatever the context may be. That it's God's desire for us and a reflection of his character to give offerings or seeds above our tithe. For us to be like a done deal with the tithe, we understand that's God's, but to give above our tithe. Amen? Different contexts. It could be church context. It could be missions you give towards. It could be local community projects. It could just be people you just see in need. It could be a person who lives next door to you. But let's be people who are generous in spirit. Let's sow in obedience to God and in response to need. Let's never ever walk by on the other side. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are our provider. You are our source. In this world, we're just, just in total chaos right now, economically and politically, and in so many different, uh, and, and war and famine and in so many different ways. Lord, we say, Lord, we trust you. You are our source. Lord, you are our provider. Lord, and we trust you, Lord, in it all. Lord, we don't look to the hose pipe. Lord, we look to tap. We look to you as our, as our source, Lord God. Lord, as well as, Lord, uh, Lord, as us being obedient in terms of tithing and that tenth that is yours, Lord, we want to be people who have a generous spirit. Lord, we understand, Lord, that reflects your character. Lord, I pray that we'll be people, Lord, that recognize need in others. Lord, if we're in a position, Lord, where we can help those people, Lord, I pray, Lord, we will hear your voice. Lord, we'll be obedient to you. Whether that's things you want us to do regularly or to give towards missions or over and above our tithe or, or give to local community projects or maybe a mixture of those things, Lord. But whatever it is, Lord, we want to be obedient to you. We don't want to hold on to things you're, you're, not, you're telling us not to hold on to. We want to be obedient to you, Lord God. We want to be generous, Lord God. We want, we want to sow. Lord God, and we know, Lord, and we don't sow selfishly, but we know it's a reality, Lord, that we will reap the other, the other side of that. In, in, Lord, not just in a financial sense, but in, in every sense. And we thank you for that reality, Lord, for your, for your blessing, Lord, as, as we sow. Lord, that eternal principle of seed time and harvest. But may we be generous-spirited. With our time, our words, Lord, in this context, Lord, generous with our money, oh God, to bless others, to help those in need. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God. You're so good. You're so good, Lord Jesus. Maybe just be obedient, Lord, to you. I just want to just pray a second prayer. I just want to give an, an opportunity just for anyone who doesn't yet know God. You may have never invited God into your life. You can know what it is to be a Christian this morning. And... You know, I've talked a lot about sowing and reaping and talked about it in a financial context, but, but it's an eternal principle, and, and God himself, he sowed. He sowed his son. Now, 1 John 3, uh, not 1 John 3.16, John 3.16, he says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He, he sowed his son. He sowed, he sowed the best of who he was so he could reap a great harvest the other side of thousands and millions and, in fact, billions of souls by, by, by sowing his son who would reap a great 
harvest. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He knew the joy that was coming the other side, the harvest that was going to come the other side. You know, and that, that joy that Jesus saw, you know, that included you this morning. Knowing that you could be saved, that you could be restored, that you could be forgiven. And you can, you can know all those realities in your life this morning. All you have to do is accept it and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I, I want to live for you. Maybe you've gone off track and you've just gone down a road you shouldn't have gone down. You just need to get some things right with God and just do business with God this morning. I'd encourage you to pray this too. But let's all just pray this together. Thank you, Jesus, for sowing yourself so that you could reap a great harvest. And that harvest includes me. I invite you into my life. I ask you to wash me, to make me new, to forgive me. I invite you into my life. I want to live for you. I want to know every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. While all eyes are closed and... You know, we're just in this important moment of doing business with God. If that's you this morning and you've prayed that prayer and you've never ever prayed a prayer like that before or, or you're just making a recommitment this morning, just getting some things right with God this morning because you've gone a bit off track, I just encourage you just to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me this morning because we would just love to chat with you and pray with you afterwards. Anyone this morning, don't miss your opportunity. Don't go home with regrets. And say, I wish I'd responded. Is there anyone? Praise God. God is so good. You're a great, great God. Lord, thank you for sowing yourself. Lord, so that we could have life, life more abundantly. Lord, we've produced, Lord, you've produced a harvest of souls and you've produced a harvest in us, Lord, by sowing yourself. Lord, give us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Lord, may, Lord, may the way we live, Lord, reflect your character. The way you're so generous, Lord, that we will be generous in every area of our lives, including with our finances. Lord, show us specifically where you want us to sow, oh God. Lord, may we do that in obedience to you, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.